Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, you up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you want to go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 63 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to get voice to your inner geek. Inner geek is tired and exhausted, but back from Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> Geek batteries recharged. Yeah. Actually, my geek batteries did really good. No sickness. No concrud, which was awesome. I went out of my way to make sure I didn't get concrud, and apparently I was successful. Touched nobody for four (laughs) days. Get away! Personal bubble! Personal bubble! Which is, you know, easy to do at Gen Con. You know, keep a personal bubble. I mean... You don't know how many times I wanted to go do, like, a video... Like, we have a Periscope account now. I wanted to go do a Periscope, our first Periscope video, because we haven't done our first one yet. Uh, and I keep trying to figure out what that should be. But I, there's so many times I wanted to just go somewhere and do either that or record a video of walking, convention, ha- exhibitor hall walking etiquette. It's like, you jackasses <laughs> that don't, don't stop. <laughs> if you're Mid- buying mid-walk. the big sword, take it away <laughs> as soon as you've bought it. <laughs> so many, oh. Especially when I'm trying to get, like, I made, I made the mistake of, it sounded good at the time because I wasn't thinking booth numbers. I was just scheduling visits. So Haba wanted me to come by. So I thought, okay, that'd be cool. And they were in booth 252. And, of course, you know Gen Con's wonderful layout. Yes. So I, I put an hour for them, and I put an hour for my next appointment. And Haba used the entire hour, which was cool because she took me through the whole line of kids' games and stuff that they've got. And they've got some really cool stuff. I've always liked Haba's stuff. And I actually played a few games while I was in there in their booth and everything. So we took the full hour, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I gotta go. I gotta." And um, I had to visit Perplexed next, which is Chris Handy, the you know the pack of pack of games mm-hmm. guy. So I flip open my book to look where I gotta go. So I'm at two fifty two, and I'm like, "Okay, well, it's it's right at the top of the hour three thousand twenty nine. I've made a horrible mistake." <laughs> Is that even still in this building, or am I going to a different hotel? (laughs) And that was one of many of the times that I wanted to do a convention exhibitor hall walking etiquette. (laughs) Took me forever to get, you know, but you start learning those tricks, right? Like cut through artist row, because hardly anybody hangs out in artist row, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. (laughs) So, yeah, I... Uh, back from Gen Con 2015. That was an awesome time. Um, I will, I'm not going to talk a ton about it here, although I will, like in playing, most of my playing came from what I actually demoed at Gen Con. So yeah, I mentioned this whole storage thing, which you're well aware of. So as you saw around the corner, I have way too many games. <laughs> 
limited amount of wall space. I know. If you want to keep that door usable. So, um, I think there's going to be very soonish a either an eBay eBay sale or something is going to have to happen. Uh, I think I'm going to be getting rid of some stuff. I'm going to start calling. <laughs> so, uh, be on the lookout, I guess. <laughs> Because I definitely have no more room right now. I'm completely out of gaming space, which is ridiculous for the amount of gaming space I have. And you only have two Dominions. You're going to have to get all the other Dominions. I have all the other Dominions. You see that that white box down in the bottom? Oh, you consolidated. That's all the Dominions okay. stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there there may be some All Us Geeks-related game sales here in the near future. Let's see, uh, Mixler kind of mentioned that. I just always kind of like to put that out there. We do, uh, live stream every other Tuesday, unless something comes up, like I was at Gen Con. We did not record. So we do the live streaming on Mixler every other Tuesday. Uh, definitely go check that out and you can sign up on Mixler. Does, it's a free account. Uh, and it, it'll actually let you know and notify you when we go live. So that's awesome. Mike demands that the members of the network get first dibs on my games. Apparently, I don't know if that's really a selling point to get people to join the network. Although I do have a lot of games. Uh, let's see. Starts with used games, then it's up to the used underwear. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, we did, cleaning out my storage, we did donate. Whoa, tell me we, <laughs> we did donate like seven bags of game, or, uh, clothes and like four suitcases and some work boots that I don't obviously don't need in my current employment anymore and stuff like that. So that was our first run through before we brought the games back. It's like, here's everything that we're doing. And we've got a couple more things there that we're going to donate as well. We do have a new United Geeks Network member. So the Who, What, Why podcast has joined the family. And that is a podcast that talks to game designers about game design. So uh, it's awesome to have them on board. They actually uh, signed up to to join us like the day of or the day before he was going on his honeymoon. So there's a lot of rush communication. And then he went on his honeymoon. So that's awesome. Uh, I don't care, dude. Whatever. I'm leaving for the plane in <laughs> so two hours. I, I think that I think that's how we were actually able to get them on the, the network. Uh, the, the rush factor helped, I think. Didn't have to think about it too much. Wait a minute. What am I joining again? No, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, the who, what, why podcast. Uh, so that is, you're going to be, well, you should already be seeing that in like the United Geeks network feed and stuff like that. So that is awesome. Check those guys out. And then sometime after he gets back, you'll start, they'll start doing promo rotations as well. Cause he's like, uh, he, he almost, he almost wanted to delay. I was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Cause like, I already got all my, Episodes queued up since I'll be on my honeymoon, so I can't do promos. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're good. I'll check after you get back. <laughs> so there we go. You have 15 days, and then the thumbbreakers yeah, will show up. You have 15 days to comply. The brute squad will be at your door. <laughs> uh, okay, so then the other, only other thing I had in general, I was just going to mention, you know, I'm doing a couple voiceover passion projects that are kind of cool uh, that I'm, I'm uh, pretty excited to get started on. I haven't actually started them yet. I've just been given the parts. But uh, no scripts have come yet. So Jack Carter is a character I'm going to be playing. He's like a Marine and a special ops kind of team. So that's going to be interesting to do. And I've kind of said online that apparently authoritative soldier is my forte. That's my niche because that's what I keep getting. <laughs> and then um, 
I'm doing another one. I'm, I'm Fortress Maximus or Max Maximus. Yeah. Uh, Transformer who, an, an old school Transformer who hates, who was like in the Decepticon war or something like that and has a mass hatred for Decepticons because he was kind of like left for dead or something like that. So again, authoritative soldier. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be kind of fun. I, I had a lot of fun auditioning for both of those. Uh, they are passion projects and there'll be a lot of fun. Now let people know more about them as they kind of come to fruition. There's a few more things I'm going to be auditioning for here in the very near future. Well, when are you going out for my little pony? Oh, you have there. It's out there if I wanted it. <laughs> uh, I just don't think this voice. <laughs> Is very friendship is magic, my friend. <laughs> a dark, dark magic. Now, maybe if they ever do the My Little Demon series of <laughs> Gargoyles is coming back. Oh, I could do Gargoyles. All right. So, game review is sponsored by Michael Mendez, one of our Patreon supporters. So, thank you very much, Michael. Double check. Yep. Nope. This is not a tasty minstrel game. We're good. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much, Michael. I know Michael uh, went on a little spree there where he tried to support a lot of different entertainment things on Patreon that were in the board game space, and, and we made the cut. So that was very, very great. Thank you very much, Michael. Appreciate it, sir. All right. So we are going to be looking at uh, Legendary Encounters. I believe it's, is it the the Predator deck or a Predator deck building game is the a, full title? Yes. Uh, a predator deck building game. So we're looking at the predator version of legendary encounters. If it bleeds, you can kill it. <laughs> All right. So the first thing you need to know about this game is while you're setting it up, Jordan will do the entire movie for you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you've played legendary, uh, the legendary encounter, especially the legendary encounter stuff. So like the aliens version. You pretty much know how to play Predator version. There are a few little tweaks for it, but like a much faster death. Yeah, there is that. But for those that, that aren't aware, I mean, the real quick, the, the turn order, we always kind of said we would do a quick turn order kind of thing. So on your turn, so it's, it's mostly cooperative. Yes. <laughs> unless, until unless, somebody bolts for the chopper. Until first. somebody bolts for the chopper. So Screw y'all. I'm it, out of it's here. mostly a cooperative deck building uh, style game where your turn order is basically uh, something's going to come face down off the enemy deck and run through. In this particular instance, it's called the wilds, which is what, like five or six locations. Five, think, yeah. So like five locations and they move down until they go into a combat zone. So if they, they move us, but they come face down. You don't know what's in the location. So the first thing. Uh, on a turn is that it, it comes down. If there's already a card there, it pushes it down. That's kind of how they funnel through and, and get down into the combat zone, apparently, or, uh, potentially. And then you get to play cards. Basically. I mean, I don't know a better way. I mean, you have recruit points and you have like attack points. Um, so you obviously your recruit points allows you to recruit more cards for your deck that'll go in your discard pile. Uh, there'll be five face up that you can see. Those are the ones you can buy from, or you can buy a commander. And so there's always commanders available, at least until it runs out. And those are worth three recruit points. And then the other ones that you can buy are various uh, recruit point totals. So you buy those. They Some of them have special abilities. Sometimes you're looking at what team they belong to. Sometimes you're looking at what kind of class card it is. Sometimes the abilities require you to play 
another class card in front of it first before that ability triggers. So you're trying to make this deck that kind of works together. So you can use your recruit points to do that. You can use your attack points to either A, attack something if it's face up and you know it's attack value for uh, to be able to defeat it, or scan a location with a face down card. All of the locations have a different value for you to be able to scan, two through four, uh, something in, the, in that range, it's depending on the spot. And if you scan it, you flip the card over and it stays face up, unless it has an ability that says, no, I kick your ass and go face back down. <laughs> Which uh, the predator, some of the predator cards do. So that that's how you kind of get to know what's in the locations, what's coming up, what's going to potentially come down into the combat zone. Because if it's in the combat zone, after you've done playing all your cards and using all your abilities and recruiting cards and attacking stuff or scanning stuff, then things in the combat zone get to kind of attack you. So uh, you basically take a strike for every enemy that's in the combat zone uh, that hasn't already been defeated. So as those start piling up, you start taking strikes. Now, you've got obviously a limited amount of health. You're playing a, a certain character who has a health value and all that good stuff. So strikes uh, have a... a varying of nasty effects i mean anywhere from well if you're lucky it's a close call which means you got zero damage which is awesome or all the way up to like there's a fives um there's uh some that say uh draw again draw another strike uh all kinds of nastiness in there festering wound yeah your other wounds can't be healed until festering wound is healed yeah so there's all kinds of stuff and of course as soon as you reach uh is it reach or exceed meat so, so as soon as you meet your health total in strike damage, uh, you're dead. <laughs> that can happen quick when your first damage is five and you only have ten hit points. Right. Well, I had the nine guy, <laughs> and I got the five run into the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Jump <laughs> into the chopper, please. Stupid lieutenant. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I guess that's one of the things we should mention. You have a character, and that character has a special ability card that goes into your deck. And that's one of the things that's a little bit different, I think, about this one, right? The special, all of the special abilities in Predator were based off of coordination. Yes. So what coordination is, you have to actually have a card in your hand that has the coordinate keyword and you can play that for another person to use basically like a virtual copy. So you take it, you take it out of your hand. You don't get to use it. They basically get to use it, but you do get to replace it. So you draw off the top of your deck. So all of the characters, at least the ones that we played, I guess I didn't look at the second set, but I'm assuming it's pretty much the same. All of the characters we had were based off of, I can't trigger my special card's ability unless somebody coordinates with me. So it really pushes the teamwork ver uh, aspect, which I think in this game, it pushed it a lot more than we saw in Aliens. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff around Predator deals with uh, teamwork because there's also there's the brother brother at arms, yeah. Uh, which that isn't really teamwork. That's brothers at arms. Brothers. Well, it's and, not teamwork, it's but not it's teamwork. still. But you can still coordinate to get extra abilities off of it. Yeah. Depending on on the the card uh, with the coordinate ability. So bro brothers in arms is if you play um, like say I play a Blaine card. Uh, character card and i also play like a dutch and a mac and yada yada for every other character i play a card of them i get whatever my bonus is for having brothers in arms and those vary and then they have what is it showboat 
which is if you play all of one type of card, you get a, uh, an ability, whatever the showboat ability is. Uh, but the, your, your base car or your base ability that comes with your character is all around the coordination. So it's all around the teamwork, which was pretty cool. Um, well, it's also to attack. It's not totally useless. If no, right, right. Yeah. It, they were all like to attack. Um, if you didn't get the ability, they still used it for something. If you haven't played Legendary Encounters or any of the Legendary games, it's, it's scenario based as well. So basically we played through, uh, several times we played through the first movie, basically. And there's always two ways to win. There's, we really won, <laughs> which is defeating, the yeah, defeating the uh, final boss predator. And then there's the, well, we kind of won, but we really didn't, <laughs> which is, Getting to the chopper and getting out before the final predator kicks your butt. <laughs> You're kind of working through and trying to get to that end objective, which also, like for this particular game, there were three objectives to get to the final objective or boss. First one was clean out the gorilla camp. Clean out the gorilla camp. Second objective was set up fortify. The position. Yeah, set, yeah, set up the fortified de- de- position yeah the third one was either and then the, the last the one was last either one get, to the get to the chopper or kill the predator, the predator. Yeah. <laughs> now that all sounds good on paper <laughs> and but and, they start dicking with you right away <laughs> yeah so and what let i i think the, uh, that's pretty good for this right maybe we talk about the rest in everything we're doing is there yep. anything you want to add to kind of what i you, you always so you always discard your whole hand, draw back up to six, all that kind of good stuff. It's a it's a deck builder. It's a standard deck builder that way. in that aspect. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and, and start going into everything, and then we'll we'll talk about various things as we go along. So components, what did you think of the components? Components are really good, though. I bag on upper deck for a lot of things. They always give out good cardboard with their stuff. As with all their other games, though, there's way too much space. Yes. They're not putting out a lot of expansions for for aliens or this, I imagine. So there's a lot of dead space in the box. But the cards themselves are very good. The art is is very good. The resemblance to the characters without actually being able to use the actual physical likenesses of the characters they were portraying, pretty good. They got enough of the Schwarzenegger chin in there to, you know, you know you were deal- Dutch was Dutch and, you know, Carl Weathers was Dylan. You know these people. And that was one thing too, just real quick. I mean, when, when we were posting pictures from playing the other night, at least one person was like, that artwork is amazing. What is this game? Mm-hmm. So the, the artwork is very good in this yeah. game. Yeah. And it's not just the characters. It's the, the mat, the design for both mats are really, really good. Uh, so overall, the componentry, I think, is very, very good. And that's one thing too. The mats are actually like, you know, uh, mouse pad, neoprene. And it's not just like a fold-out paper mat or something, which they could have easily tried to do, right? And in fact, there were a lot of people in line to get the game. Were like, "What?" Because they were selling that side mat. Yep. Like, well, what's in there? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. It's not a paper mat. You're getting a mat. <laughs> this is just a different different mat you can buy. So the the yeah, the components are top notch. You can't really bag on up, upper deck for that. Like you said, the the artwork is awesome. The cardboard is great. The mat is insane. I mean, if it's one of those things where, uh, that is, if, if they're looking to cut costs, that'd be an easy place for them to potentially cut costs. I do agree with you. And I, and I, it, it irritates the hell out of me, the size of the box and where they did. I think it's mostly out. there for the mat. Yeah. It's mostly there for the mat, but there's so much airspace and where they did kind of cheap out was the at least 
giving you extra like foam or whatever mm-hmm. to put in. Instead, they just put newspaper in there, uh, or you know, basic brown paper or whatever right. uh, to to cover up the space. So once you, I mean, I pull that out obviously, and and then you try to put the game back, and there's nothing but air, and it's not good. You can't really tip it. You can't really do much else with it. So that's kind of irritating. And like you said, I mean, sure, maybe they'll come out with some other things, but I mean, they're not going to come out with a, I mean, they would have to come out with a lot of expansions to fill that box. So they're going to have to come out with new movies first. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's the one thing. And and it's the same with aliens. It's the same with almost all of the games, except for the, you know, I mean, initial boxes of the Marvel stuff was the same way, but they have a lot of room and have expanded a lot Mm -hmm. on those to the point where yeah, those boxes are overflowing. There. If you've consolidated right. everything into the main box, you just have a bunch of empty expansion boxes. Yeah. And actually overflow from what I understand so far. Yeah. I mean, especially with the Secret, Secret Wars, Wars box set. All right. So uh, components, uh, top notch. We, uh, we both agree on that. So mechanics. The mechanics here are very sound. And I've been saying that going back to original Marvel Legendary. Legendary Encounter Aliens tweaked a few things from from Marvel Legendary, and this maintains that. The core mechanics, some of the player mechanics like your avatars and stuff like that, those changes have changed a little bit from from Aliens. But the core mechanics of the Legendary Encounters remain the same. Uh, I like them. It's a bit finicky when you look at that map because it's not the map, the play mat, I should say, because this play mat is designed almost everything is double, double purposed. Cause you can, this game, you can either play as the predators or as the prey. And we played as the prey, but if you play as predators, they don't have boxes specifically for predator for when you're playing as a predator. They have, they've dual purposed a lot of the slots on the map. So that yeah. Matt. So that throws for a loop for a minute because we were trying to decide where stuff was supposed to go. Other than that, everything is solid mechanically. And that's more of a graphic design thing than a mechanic thing. Right. Yeah, the mechanics are, are very solid in this thing. The one thing I do like is in the rule book, they do give you what you can do to combine alien and predator. Mm-hmm. So you can combine the two uh, games together. Uh, there is a conversion, little like five, ten dollar, I can't remember what it was, conversion deck that they sell as well. Uh, so that you can combine the two. But right in the rule book, they say, here's, you know, when you see this in, in Alien and, you know, this in Predator, here's, here's the matchups and here's what you can do to combine the two. Here's your goal if you're playing this way. Here's your goal if you're playing as the Predator and this and stuff like that. So there's a good amount of rule book space dedicated to being able to play the two together. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. And basic mechanics, again, uh, like Jordan said, we've always kind of, we've loved Marvel Legendary. Aliens did a nice set of tweaks uh, is a super hard game, but satisfyingly uh, so. I mean, even when you lose, you're like, oh, so close. Predator seems harder yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, and brutal, but we still had fun. I mean, again, this was one of those. Okay, we were going to review two games tonight, but we got our asses handed to us so hard in the first game of Predator. They were like, no, let's play again. <laughs> And so we dedicated a night to trying not to completely die. And we kind of did that. 50% survival. 50% survival. Uh, we got, we got to the chopper. Uh, somebody else can take care of the predator. That's right. He's, he's having lunch. He's got his nuke on his wrist. I'm out of here. <laughs> so this game is brutal. This game is hard. Uh, if, if you found aliens hard, this is hard as well. And it ramps up super fast. 
we're still, I mean, we, there's still a lot of play for us to get to a point where we're satisfied coming off of the first scenario, I think. Cause I really thought, I mean, I thought we might have had a chance at the predator and nope, nope, nope. Uh, we, when when we he came nothing. out and we only had one dude marked and then we very quickly went to three dudes marked. Oh, that's, that's one of the predator rules. If you're marked and you defeat him, you lose a mark. You don't defeat him. Right. Oh. So the mechanics have evolved from game to game, added, tweaked some things. Alien and Predator are definitely more difficult than some of the stuff I've played in the Marvel side. I know there's a lot of stuff that's come out on Marvel side that I haven't played, but I've never thought that game is as difficult as these two by any means. Yeah, they got some brute bosses, but as a game overall, you can randomize or just select, you know, some soft bosses. But doing the Aliens movie and then the two Predator movies, and I definitely want to play this again so we can do the Predator movie uh, just to see if it was as, the game is as bad as the Danny Glover movie. Um, <laughs> it's just like we played it and we couldn't stay ahead of the scans. It was, it was just hard. And with oh. no cull mechanic and very few kill cards, like there's way too many... He- no, there's not way too many heal cards because we, we were using those a lot, <laughs> but there's not enough kill cards for to cull. And so you just, I mean, you saw my Billy deck at the end of the second game. I think it was, it was half the hero deck. I was just buying and buying and buying. Yeah. That, that, I, I don't know. I, I, I need to play some more to figure out if that's really going to irk me because it, it was hard for us to call to get down to a, all right. I've, I've maximized my deck mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, you're not really getting rid of your early on cards, which are always like your worst cards because they were especially late game. It got kind of irritating to draw a handful of starter cards. Yes. Uh, and, and not be able to do anything to help. And again, the coordinate is so important in this one. Um, all right. So rules. What'd you think of the rules? Well, again, it's if you, if you've played the other encounters game, there's not going to be a lot new in the rules here. There's going to be a few things, but if you have a background in the encounters, the rules are not going to be a big thing. Uh, if you haven't played the encounters and all you've played is legendary, uh, Marvel legendary, then there will be a bit of a curve, uh, because it is, uh, it's familiarity, but not, not the same game. So you will definitely want to read the rules. The rules themselves are. Not finicky once you've gotten used to the game because it's still just four phases and it's the same thing every phase. And as with any good deck builder, all the rules that you need are on the cards and how you chain them together. Everything is on the cards. The actual how you play the game rules. It's a big book, but there's a lot of pictures and there's a lot of detail and a lot of explanation. So it's not just, I don't know what it is, like 12 pages or something like that. And it's not just 12 pages of this is how you play the game. Well, and the the nice, the I mean, it is a fairly hefty rule book. I mean, it's not like a book. book yeah, it's the same but, as the other legendary books. Right. But the nice thing is like, it, you know, the first half is dedicated to how to play as the humans. Mm-hmm. The second half is dedicated to how to play as the predator. Mm-hmm. And then there's that small section in the very back that's how to combine the alien and predator game. So, I mean, it's it's chunked up pretty nicely. And then the glossary. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, again, a lot of the things that we had to look up, we were able to look up fairly quickly mm-hmm. and, and get uh, decisions on. I don't think we... I don't think we ever really had too many let's make our own decision. 
on, we spent on five minutes trying to find a way to call if there was a yes. rule for call. Yeah, we definitely were hoping for <laughs> a call rule. So I think that was just us trying to be more hopeful. Yes. <laughs> please, like, no, no, no. Please be in there. Clearly this rule has to be here. Uh, so the, the rules are, are pretty straightforward. It's not a bad rule book. And again, but I think like Jordan said, if you've come in from legendary or yeah, Marvel, if you're coming from Marvel and hitting one of the encounters games, uh, there's going to be a little bit, you'll definitely want to look over the rule book and, and kind of get yourself familiar. Teachability. So let's take a small step back while answering this. What do you think about teaching this to somebody who maybe hasn't? Maybe, maybe they've hit Marvel. Maybe they haven't. This is their, their first game. Now we've done it at game, like the last game day I had, we taught some people alien. So what do you think of the encounter series and specifically Predator, obviously, uh, for teaching a new person? I don't think that as a teaching event, it's all that bad. Because there's only four phases, and in general, there's only three areas of the map that you really need to be concerned with. Everything else is face down, and everything else is automatic. So when it comes to decision points and how you're going to do your cards and everything like that, you can keep your keep your teaching stuck to that uh because everything else is just is literally just move a card or flip a card move a card or flip a card so then you just need to teach the core mechanics of how your 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 cards work together how you buy how you fight and how you advance the the wilds teachability for all the marvel games whether you've played them or not i think is pretty pretty easy there's no the finickiness as with all good deck builders deck builders the finickiness comes from how cards work together not the core rules and i so i think this has a high teachability you definitely want if it's a first time player that nobody and they haven't played any of the marvel any of the upper deck legendary games then yeah you'll definitely want to go through every step uh just to make sure that everything is clear but it's not a game where uh you have to cover everything and then cover everything again. You can go once and then get into the game because it's co-op. And mm-hmm. so you're not really going to, you're not ever going to be in the position of hosing a player by ha- them having to ask a question that was going to be their awesome game winning move and then say, no, it doesn't work that way. Sorry, dude. Um, you know, so it's co-op. So a lot of the teaching hangups that come, if, especially if you're playing from a competitive, a competitive game aren't really there. So, uh, teachability, I think is pretty high. Yes. Uh, and you hit one of the things I was going to make sure to, to point out as, as well. As far as teachability, it's always, to me, half your job is done when it's a co-op. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have that, I, especially if you're playing while teaching, I can't show you this because you're, you're my opponent. But I want to show you this because you're trying to teach me how to play the game. Sometimes I've been in those scenarios with people. With a co-op, you don't have that. Now, there is the potential for some alpha gamer in this in this type of co-op uh, because this isn't secret information. This isn't secret objectives or anything like that. So there is that potential for an alpha gamer. You know, again, that's that you have to ask yourself why you play with that type of alpha gamer if it if it bothers you that much. But it also is a game that you are going to want to ha- talk and have that coordination because again, that coordinate and the teamwork aspect is pretty prevalent in. Uh, the Predator version. Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time we've seen the coordinate cards. This is just the first time we've seen, I think, most of our character abilities trigger off of the the teamwork and coordinate cards. 
All right. So let's see. I think what we'll do right now, uh, as I'll answer Mike's question here, or not really question, but he made a statement. He said he added Alien to his wish list, but that the Predator one isn't on Amazon yet. Uh, so I'll just point out that this is not for sale yet. Uh, we have an advanced copy. I, I was able to pick up at Gen Con. This will be uh, coming and be for sale in the near future, though. So be on the lookout for it. I don't know the exact release date. I think it was a September general release. Yeah, probably. So now we're going to talk about replayability. Now, sometimes I'm, I get a little concerned when you have a game like this that is trying to follow, like, we have two Predator movies. Here's the scenarios for two Predator movies. So what do you think is the replayability on something like that in this, in this game? For me, this game is much higher replayability than the Alien because in the end, for me, the Alien franchise is still only two movies. <laughs> this is two movies and they expand the replayability for both versions by adding the, the combination deck so you can do an AVP game. But I like the Predator movie really really a lot i like the theme of this i mean this is a pre- this is the predator movie in cardboard replayability here is high even for, for me even if we finish both movies successfully and we haven't even finished the first one successfully yet <laughs> this is the type of thing that i want to keep going until we play it so there's going to be re- just replayability through banging my head against the wall you know <laughs> until we beat both movies no, I think, you know, we talked about it, and I don't quite know what the difference is. This seems harder than Aliens. It mm-hmm. seemed to ramp up much faster than Aliens. But by the time Aliens kind of worked its way through our group, I was like, I don't care if I ever see that game again, and I haven't <laughs> completed it. You know, I've played it at a bunch of different people's houses now, at game days at Jordal's house here. Uh, you know, played it all over the place, haven't beat it yet, and I don't care to. But this, <laughs> this I do want to beat. And I want to get, it's like the most alpha I'm ever going to sound. I want to get good at this game. This is a game <laughs> that I want to be able to, to get optimized decks working. And I want to, I want to run this game. Nice. So for me, replayability is high. I think on the other end too, the fact that you can play as the predator. Yeah. Cause you, so you can flip it and then there's a whole another, cause there's a whole section of cards we didn't even touch mm-hmm. that are just predator related as playing, playing on the predator side. So that's good. The other thing too, I mean, it is scenario based. It is just the two movies for now. What are, you know, who knows what you know, they could do home, home based scenarios. They could do, you know, who knows? Maybe there's other movies. Maybe they will do some alien versus predator type stuff if they get that license. No. <laughs> but the fact that you never, you never know how the cards are going to come out. You never know the order they're going to come out. You never know how the enemy strikes and all that stuff. You never know. You're always building your deck based off of what's available to you. All of those things kind of combine, even though you're running through the same scenarios over and over again and trying to do the same objectives, there's just that much unknown factor kind of running through the whole process for every game that you kind of go, you know, okay, I got to figure this out now. For instance, one of the things that we kind of figured out early on was the gorillas. You know, those guys, when they come out, if the gorilla camp isn't out, they hurt you. Yeah. So you kind of weigh letting them survive potentially and or are they going to survive long enough to start attacking you anyway to try to reveal the camp so that when the camp's out, now we just slaughter all the gorillas. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and just little things like that. And so you don't know when the camp's going to be out. Uh, you don't know where it's going to be out. Again, we're talking about, you know, five-ish locations that all come into play face down, you know, so you've got to weigh when you can scan, if you can afford the scan, all those kind of things. So you never know when things are going to get revealed and stuff like that. So all of those little things, I think, add up to, even though you can, at its base, you can just go, you know what? It's, it's two movies and excellent scenarios you're going to play over and over again. All the things I just kind of talked about add to the replayability and make it so that almost every game is going to be a little bit different somehow. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you've figured out this secret formula, that secret formula involves are the cards coming up? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's the type of randomness that'll kick you in the balls, but enjoyably. Like that first game, we didn't even see the Predator card. No, we know. never got that far. <laughs> no, we, I, we got worked. Really I think hard. we barely didn't we barely we get had, into scenario our three last or the objective three? three. Yeah, yeah, we barely even saw what objective three was about. That, yeah, that, oh, survive! It, it owned us hard. And then we looked at the half the deck as scenario three. No, <laughs> survival is not looking probable. It's not happening. <laughs> All right, so I think we we somewhat kind of covered this, especially I think you have, but uh, it's one of our things. So theme. This is an excellent predator game. This is better than any of the video games that they've done. The, thematically, <laughs> I mean, I was really disappointed when. They see this is the expansion they could do. They could give you more roles and more characters because mm-hmm. out of the box, your your the, the, your heroes you're buying for the first Predator movie are Dylan, Dutch, Mac, and Blaine. They don't give you Billy, Poncho, Hawkins, and uh, the you know, that's it. Yeah, and then your four avatars. Well, that's where Billy is, and then the woman that they found, and then the CIA agent that. It was actually, I think, in the second movie, not the first. And then, who's the other one you had? I had CIA agent and, um, crap. You had the tracker. Oh, lieutenant. I had the lieutenant. Right. The and lieutenant's then, the guy that died every damn yes. game. So, I mean, there's, um. <laughs> That's why I don't want to remember him. He was useless. <laughs> Thematically, it's, it's there. I was really, I was irritated. That, like I said, that all the characters weren't there in the initial box, but then the characters were there as, uh, as avatars, or some of them were anyways. Uh, so I was running Billy and I was really happy because he's got like the best line ever. There's something <laughs> out there and it ain't no man. We're all going to die. So theme is really, really strong. All the cards are dialogue. Not all of them, but most of them, 95% of them are. A few of them, like the predator. That's the name of the movie, right. you know, and then there's his wrist bomb, stuff like that, you know. So all, all the cards are dialogue, the, you know, the best lines of the movie, a sexual Tyrannosaurus and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, and all the character, all the art, like we mentioned earlier, the artwork is sufficiently close to the characters that you, you see, you see the actors there for the most part. Not quite so much with the Predator 2 movie. Uh, the cards, they're more based on the costumes and the characters. Danny Glover's not getting that much work. I'm sure they could have given him just a little <laughs> bit of money and they could have used an actual picture of him. So theme is really, really strong. Yeah, theme is really good. I mean, I, I like, I, I've been pretty happy with what they've done with the licenses they picked up for the legendary stuff. It's been awesome. And this felt really, yeah, like I said, really good. I mean, the, the, the the damn card that you the first you, and you only scan it once <laughs> that you you scan it and it goes oh by the way I hit you 
and then and then I over. flip back over. You don't you don't get to keep me. In. So we'll just move that right. Up. So it's like you know the invisible predator attacking from the trees, and you don't get to do anything about it until it gets into the combat section. Yep. Because that's when it finally flips and stays flipped up where you can actually attack it. So it, just little things like that, I think, really lend this really well to a Predator game. And and the theme is very well done, I think, overall. All right, so fun factor slash overall. If I'm going to give one game a 10 this year, and I haven't done it yet, this is going to be it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Not sure I'd go. I'm not sure I'd go uh, uh, 10 10 range. Yeah, but you know that my huge right. love for Predator in right. general. So, But it is a fun game. And like I said, I've enjoyed the legendary stuff. I'm looking forward to playing it more. Uh, I think the fun factor is definitely there. Anytime you can get a game that kicks you in the balls as hard as this does and you still want to play it, you know you've got something. I mean, this is like we talked about it before, like twice now. I don't know what makes this seem harder than Aliens, but it just seems harder than Aliens. Yeah. And it's not quite as hard as Shadowrun, but it's of that vein where Shadowrun, you look at that and you know you've mathed it out and you're going to lose, but you still want to go like, cause maybe, you know, but this one, there's no math point. It's like you just keep going and it's like, Hey, as long as I don't take a strike, we should, we should have one of those nights where it's just like, (laughs) let's just kick in the balls. Every game that kicks us in the balls, but we enjoy (laughs) just like, just leave dejected. Just like, but, but like, best weekend, never know, Jeff, exactly. let's do it again next month. Exactly. Just be like, <laughs> are you okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. We played some really good games. <laughs> I need to go nap. <laughs> Leave me alone. You just hear the door lock behind you when you get home. Don't, just don't, hear the don't whimpering. message me till Monday. <laughs> Stop. That'd be awesome. All right, so there you go. That is our thoughts on Legendary Encounters, a Predator deck-building game. Uh, again, it should be coming out in September, uh, Jordan seems to think. Uh, so sometime in that area. Uh, I thought that's what I saw on yeah. CSI. So that is something to definitely look f- forward to because uh, I believe I can easily say that both of us say we highly recommend it. You should definitely check this out, and it will kick you in the nuts. <laughs> I play some... <laughs> Pathfinder with some people, and they say that they think that's a really hard game. Like <laughs> Pathfinder, wait, wait yeah. until I go give you Shadow Run. Right? <laughs> Holy crap! When you know you've lost on the third turn, right. and you still have the rest of the the adventure to go. Maybe. <laughs> no, there's no maybe. <laughs> Sponsored by Nathan H., one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, Nathan. And uh, because of Nathan, we're going to be able to tell you all of the crap that we zoned out to on TV and movies. <laughs> <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles is still going, still watching that. Last Ship is still going, uh, still enjoying that. It uh, it actually gets a little bit better every ep, which is strange because it started off it started off as a popcorn watch for me, and it's still a popcorn watch, but now I'm actually infested in it been watching mr robot which is i've heard really good things about it it is really really good They've but got, i haven't watched it yet. it's got a really good cast of characters christian slater so it's probably only going to get one season um <laughs> he's like Aww. the female summer glow um the the male yeah the male summer glow 
Who are you? Who are you insulting in that statement? <laughs> Christiane Slater. Yes. Um, did you ever watch Suburgatory? Yes. Uh, Dallas's daughter is in it. Oh, okay. Took me like three ups to figure. I had to look her up. I'm like, oh, this voice sounds so annoyingly familiar. <laughs> oh, it's her. Sounds about right. It's got a a really good cast of characters. Most of them I haven't heard of before, but the thing that I alternately laugh and then wonder about is they put a disturbing amount of real tech in there there's <laughs> like they drop just enough real nuggets in there contextually correct that i think they have either a white hat or a former black hat like on staff <laughs> but then there's other silly things like they're trying to bust into an iron mountain site but iron mountain in the tv show is steel mountain you know <laughs> stuff like that so there's some real stuff when they're actually showing doing the the computer work and then there's some uh wink and a nod to real stuff as well. It's it's been enjoyable. And then we went to see uh Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which was really really good. I really really liked it. Yeah, we have not seen it. Yet. I know Megan wants to. Ving Rames. <laughs> Triumphant return. All right, so that's it for you. Yep. All right, let's see. We're watching Oh, uh, and Dark Matter. We started watching Dark Matter. How's that? It's actually very enjoyable. Have you checked out Killjoys at all? We started watching Killjoys because I thought that was going to be Dark Matter because <laughs> I didn't realize sci-fi had really blown their budget and put out two new sci-fi yeah, shows yeah, in one yeah. year. And I was like, wow, this doesn't strike me at all as like what I thought it was going to be based <laughs> this, on the previous. matches the description. Not at all. And then I was talking to a buddy. Yeah, Dark Matter. It's really good. Oh, that's what I wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, Killjoys, I could take or leave. It's like the last thing we watch ever you know do we have anything else no okay let's watch that <laughs> all right all right so we're watching american ninja warrior <laughs> that's back america uh, america so yeah that's something that we always watch and it's such an easy watch to kind of pop in and out of that's part of it too <laughs> last comic standing is started again so we started watching that and that's been pretty decent there's some decent comics on there this this time by the way norm mcdonald is losing his freaking mind. <laughs> Still? <laughs> when, he, when he talks and he just goes somewhere and then eventually, oh, I'm on TV. <laughs> He's like the less sane version of, uh, it's, it's bizarre sometimes. Like yeah. the other two, uh, the other two judges will be like, oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. I didn't like it because you're not Jack Benny and <laughs> all right. Sadly, I know who Jack Benny and not not sadly because Jack Benny was awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, Defiance. Yes, watching Defiance. Love Defiance. I think we're a couple apps back on. Yeah, I think I think we're good. I think we're caught up. That's one of the ones we caught up uh, over the weekend. I think Tic Tac Toe just got racked. Oh, just got racked. Yeah, yeah. You're a few behind. Them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is an awesome show. Still, I'm still enjoying the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Falling Skies, watching that. This, again, this is the last season of that. So Spoiler, the sky doesn't actually fall. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, I think I mentioned this last time I just started, but I finished Z Nation. Um, <laughs> you you actually went through with it? Yeah, well, here's the thing. like, um, Megan's sister is like, oh, that's such an awesome show. I'm like, no, no, it's really not. And, uh, <laughs> and Megan watched Let me tell it. you why you were empirically wrong. And then Megan watched it. Oh, I love that show. I was like, what the hell is wrong with your with your bloodline? <laughs> I, I may, you know, there there may be a rethinking of this whole marriage thing. I don't know. Um, so 
No, you've got the shelves up. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, both committed. Yeah, we're committed. Yeah, it's once the shelves went up, there's no turning back. It was ridiculous to start with. It was, it's campy. Towards the end, I thought it was okay. I don't know what they're going to do for second season because they kind of painted themselves into, I don't know if they were just like, well, we're not going to get another season. So let's just do this. So now they got to like write themselves out of it. And then the other thing that irritates me, remember when I, I said what my potential idea was for uh, the $15 Patreon supporters? Oh, yes. And it was uh, podcasting the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Freaking, they pretty much do that in Z Nation. So I'm like, oh, I hate you guys. Okay, so we're back to Shadowrun. Like, I, I would do it so much better, though. <laughs> anyway, um, so I will check out the second season. I want to, at the very least, I want to know how the hell they get themselves out of it. That would have been a much better ending for We're Alive. <laughs> well, oh. If it had been a, a game podcast. Nice. The one thing I will say it is kind of interesting is the, the guy in there that is supposed to be like the humanity's last ditch effort or whatever. Like um, Some of the stuff that they've done with him is actually pretty cool. So there are pieces of the show that I think are, are decent. Effects is not one of them. <laughs> stuff like that. So I don't know. But I did finish it. Ray Donovan, we're watching that. I know you're not a fan, uh, but we love that show. So that that is back on. And then, let's see, I power watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer Season 1. I'm sure that's not what it sounds like. <laughs> No, it's not. Um, it's it's ba- okay. So there were, there was a. I th- it must have been a Netflix original movie called Wet Hot American Summer, and it was like the this takeoff on all the '80s camping flicks. Mm-hmm. And it's got people like Amy Poehler, and you know, it's just a lot of a lot of people in it. Um, so that it, it must have done really well for them because they made a series. So this is a Wet Hot American Summer season one. A- almost everybody's back from the movie. For, I don't know, eight, ten episodes. And it, it's a prequel because it's going back to, because Wet Hot American Summer is like the last few days of camp or whatever. This is first day of camp. So the whole first season is the first day of camp. So they've set themselves up if they really want to. <laughs> they can got a whole nother week. Yeah. So, uh, but that, it was actually fun. It was kind of, kind of interesting. I, I watched the, uh, from Dust Till Dawn season one. Uh, how was I, that? I watch. It was weird. I, I don't know if I, I, I wouldn't say I, I like, I disliked it or anything, but it was, it was very weird because you're following characters that you're supposed to know from the movie, right? But there's this, they take this weird twist with it kind of thing. Mike says he liked it. I'm not going to say, I, I didn't dislike it. Uh, that's for sure. But there are times where I wasn't sure what I thought of it because it was such a twist on the movie and, and went down a different path. Mike seems to think that it did get a second season, but it's going to be spring sometime. If there's a second season comes out, I'll definitely watch it on Netflix. <laughs> BoJack Horseman season two, power watch that. Love that. That's just such a good animated show. I watched The Inbetweeners two, the second movie. Not so good. It wasn't as good as, as uh, it, that's, that was disappointing. It was okay, but you know, it's a little too far after the fact. I yeah. kind of saw that and went, no, I'll, I'll give that a miss. As you heard upstairs, we watched Tusk. Yes. Nobody should ever watch Tusk. <laughs> now, Megan and I are huge Kevin Smith fans, and I'm still a Kevin Smith fan, I think. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, least of his podcasts. <laughs> but Tusk, Tusk was, we didn't finish it. Like I told you, I mean, we, and the sad thing is we were maybe 10 minutes out from finishing it, but we just couldn't. 
It was ridiculous. And there are not many movies out there that I have not finished. <laughs> I've never walked out of a theater. <laughs> I've come close. But actually, I take that back. I've walked out of the theater once, but it was because who I was with wanted to walk out. We walked out uh, uh, off of free movie passes. <laughs> Anakin, you were supposed to be the best of us. <laughs> nice. So, Tusk, yeah. So then we watched Hot, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, which was freaking masterpiece, watching it directly after Tusk, because we had to cleanse the palate <laughs> at that point. So, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. We, I, I actually, I thought that was okay. Um, I mean, it wasn't awesome or anything like that, but it was a decent movie. And we watched uh, Batman versus Robin, the animated uh, movie. No, oh, okay. And that was pretty decent. Uh, we really, in fact, Maggie was saying earlier tonight, she's like, of the three, that was the best one we watched. <laughs> and then. It's because DC owns the animation. Yes, they do. And I want to get, I want to get some of the other ones. Um, oh, Gods and Demons. I watched that too. Did you? That was really good. See, that's one of the ones I want to see. Yeah. And then right now I'm halfway through. And by halfway through, there's only six episodes of this season. So I'm three in of between. Have you? heard of that or it's on netflix as well it's basically this town pretty lake people just start dying and they quarantine it off and eventually it gets what we it's not too far in you realize nobody under the age of 22 is dying all the adults are dying the town is quarantined off so eventually it gets to a point where it's just kids uh you know 20 21 and, and, and younger that are still alive in the in the town and you know, some of them are trying to escape. Some of them are trying to maintain order. So far, they, you know, they've kind of learned that, like, they're not going to release the quarantine or, you know, they are, they're hopeful that they'll release the quarantine. All this so it's just these kids trying to deal with being isolated, almost Lord of the Flies kind of type deal. They're isolated in their town, big electric fence put up around it. You know, people with willing to shoot you on site outside of it. They're quarantined off. Nobody knows why, um, at least yet. Like I said, I'm only three episodes in, but it's like six episodes total. So since it was so, sh- so short, I wanted to give it a shot. They're hour or 45 minute episodes. So I, I've been enjoying that so far. It's, it's pretty decent. It's okay. I mean, it's, the only thing is it's all child actors, right? So our younger actors, but they've got a bunch of kids in there as well. So, you know, there's a couple times where it's like, well, where's your, where's your brother? He died. Oh, what happened? Got run over. <laughs> just some, you know, there's, there's a lot of range there. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've been watching. What we're reading slash listening to sponsored by Don Lloyd, one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, Don, for helping us out over on Patreon and allowing us to continue doing the podcast. Uh, what you got, sir? I finished. No, actually, I didn't finish it. It was on the do not finish list. A book called The Grim Company. Book one of The Grim Company by somebody that I'm never going to read again because this book was ridiculously bad. I looked at it on Goodreads and it's got a four star overall. And I don't know why this book was horrible. I mean, cardboard <laughs> cutouts are more active. See you, Mike. Mike's got to go pl- kill his character, his players now. Have fun. That's why it's Savage Worlds, not Happy Friendly Worlds. So I put that down. And it's rare that I don't finish a book. Yeah, but this is just bad. Obviously. Wow, this is our podcast of not finishing stuff. I know. On the more positive side, only slightly more positive, I did actually finish Ernest Klein's Armada. And it was I, boring. I heard it. 
Yeah, it was. No, this was a bad book all around. <laughs> Everything that made for me Ready Player One really, really good was just rehashed into a Last Starfighter meets a Hallmark movie. And it was just boring and predictable and all the witty, all the stuff that I thought was witty was just rehashed and not witty anymore. So I regret listening to that. I would like that nine hours back. (laughs) I'm listening to right now Fulgrim on the computer. Uh, It's another Horace Heresy book. Uh, This was the one I was most looking forward to in the first half of the series because it's about my favorite legion that turns traitor. That's the he Fulgrim is the primarch of the Emperor's children. And this is the book of how they fall. So I'm really looking forward to that. And on the phone, I've got Mark of Coban. I mentioned I read the first book, Coban. Uh, now it's Mark of Coban, the Mark of Coban. It's uh, X number of years after the first like book. One book away from just being Hodor. <laughs> Coban, 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 Coban. Read it. It's X number of years after the first book, the crawl have started to invade Earth space and are beating us up to try to get us to uh, enhance our, our fighting capability so that they can do their own little, you know, the crawl. They've got this kind of weird eugenics thing going on. They they go to war to weed out the weak. They just don't they don't weed them out themselves. So and then Coban is the planet that they took the characters of the first book to. So the characters have been doing all this gene mod and crap like that so they can survive on this really hostile planet. It's like 1.5 Earth Gs and everything there is. To, it's like Australia. Everything is there designed to kill you. So they've done all this gene mod. And at some point, I assume they're going to leave the planet and try to get back to Earth or at least Earth space um, and do something about the invading crawl. I'm only, I don't know couple hours into it so it's it's still as enjoyable as the first book um it's just though the, it's the one thing that i always dislike. not i don't hate it but i just dislike what when like book one is here and then book two is like 10 years later it, it it happens a lot and i can generally ignore ignore it but in this particular case they've introduced a bunch of children characters and they're giving them a significant amount of page space so i assume they're going to be major characters going forward i'm not adverse to that but it just irritates me when they do that like 10 years later it's like same thing uh, you know it's like the new x-files movie why <laughs> it's 20 years later no and uh yeah that's it just four things all right i don't have a ton of stuff either mostly audition scripts like i talked about earlier uh, so i've been reading through a lot of them those are those are pretty short but there's a ton of them um and my classes and stuff like that things i have to do for my classes because i got to do a demo reel here soon. The Big Con Job. Uh, I caught, caught up on that one again. That's the comic where uh, it's kind of like the um, Italian job kind of deal where they're plotting to rob San Diego Comic-Con. All these old timers are trying to rob San Diego Comic-Con because they're not getting their fair shake anymore. A lot of bad crap happens at SDCC if you believe <laughs> comics. <Yeah. laughs> so I, I, I'm still enjoying that one. Um, and I think I, I think since the last, maybe one or two, uh, I've read one or two more. So I'm not, there's only like, I think four out total, if I remember right. So just kind of hanging out, waiting for that to continue on. Saga, I got kind of caught up on Saga. I know I have a bunch of stuff in my cart that I still have to grab. So, uh, hopefully I'll be reading some more stuff here. I checked out, can't remember how I got it. It was really, it must have been a free. Uh, the stuff of legend volume one, the dark number one, it's this little, I don't know if it's like an indie or what. I can't remember even who put it out, but it's, uh, basically the story of the kid 
the monster in the closet is real. The kid gets yanked into the in and and disappears, and his teddy bear and all the toys are kind of alive and stuff like that. And his teddy bear decides to set out and go in to try to rescue him, kind of thing. So I read the first one of that. I, it must have been like one of those weekends where it was like free or something like this. Oh, I'll check it out and see if I want to continue. I don't know if I will. I mean, it wasn't a bad little story or anything. It just didn't really necessarily catch on with me. Uh, and I've got enough other things that I'm trying to read. And uh, then the last thing would be Suicide Risk. Again, that's one that I've been thoroughly enjoying. I highly recommend. Um, again, it's a different take it to me on the tights and fights thing. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed where they've gone with it. And it's like I have said before, from where it started to where it is now is completely different. Like uh, it, it, it took a few turns along the way that I wasn't thinking it would. But I've enjoyed all the same. So it's, it, you know, like it's kind of started off this whole, we're dealing superpowers in the back alley kind of thing. And, and then why it was possible and, and all that stuff is completely different. So I, I have a little bit of a concern about where it's kind of going to go from here, the, the longevity of it. Cause they're kind of, it's getting into like this almost feels like a finale. So I don't know if they have a wrap up point, but I'm along for the ride. So. That's what I was reading. What we're playing. Sponsored by Don Z, one of our Patreon supporters and person who appears on the podcast. Somebody brought uh, code names back from Gen Con and we played that. And that is for a game that simple. It's really, really, really fun. That one has a ton of buzz. I was disappointed I didn't sit down on a demo on that it one. It is. It's the, the premise is really simple. There are two spy masters and two teams of spies, and the spy master has to get the, his team to guess where all his agents are on the board, giving out clues for the words that are on the board. But when you sit down and because I was both the spy master and the spy trying to guess, when you look at that board of how you have to get clues, try to chain some together so they can maybe guess multiples at the same time without getting them to guess the assassin and without getting them to guess a bystander, which ends your, ends your turn or without revealing one of your opponent's colors. It's really, it's guessing is really a lot easier than getting them to guess. Uh, our first game, I was a spy master and Jordal was on my team and he was like, well, I don't have high hopes for this, but then it finally got to him and he was like, this is horrible. Cause every clue I can give will also answer one of yours. I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy, is it, buddy? <laughs> but it's a really fun game. It is really, really hard when you're the spy master, but it's really, really fun. The spy master is definitely the, the best part of the game, but also the hardest. Did play some Marvel Legendary, played both of the attack wings, been playing some Arkham Knight, or I should say Forza Batman, been playing some Mortal Kombat X on the phone, and I've been continuing to paint my, repaint my Federation ships for attack wing Star Trek. I think I only have four left but one more is being released this week okay most of my stuff is either things that kind of happen on the basically part of gen con uh so cyrus and i what and, all your gaming related stuff at gen con was part of gen con well you know for me gen con usually isn't about games and actually the, the only there's a couple games on here i played like at an event but almost everything on here is like people inviting me to demo 
So you'll see them over, you know, those are some of the games that we've got around mm-hmm. the corner. So one thing we got a fair amount of games to kind of review, uh, came back with me, but I actually sat down for a few demos as well. So, um, Robber Knights was not one of those. Uh, that was a game that we played pre-Gen Con. So, uh, I crashed over at Cyrus's the night before so we could take off right away in the morning. So, uh, myself, him and his son sat down and played Robber Knights. Which was a fun little game. I had never played it before. It's a, a very quick kind of game. We're being, they liked it. We're being attacked. <laughs> uh, I got invited to sit in on a Castle Assault demo, and that was pretty cool. That's one of the games I got around the corner for us to take a look at at some point. Uh, it's basically like a two-player attack the other guy's castle kind of thing. I kind of put it in the line of a uh, little bit of Mage Wars, and a little bit, very little bit of Shadowrun, just from the fact that, and and why I say the Shadowrun part is, uh, this we didn't do during the demo. Somebody he, just randomly touches you in the deck. Yes. <laughs> but he told me about it after the demo, was that um, you can play with these heroes, and you can upgrade those heroes, and they have the sticker thing that mm-hmm. you can upgrade the heroes with. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so we can take a look at that at some point. And then while waiting for a seminar to start, I got invited into a random hallway uh, game of Cards Against Humanity. So I sat in on that until the seminar started. Played Main Event, uh, which is a a wrestling take that game, uh, which, again, there's a copy around the corner for us to take a look at. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, The the group I played with was a lot of fun. They were all together. Uh, I kind of sat in on it, but they were a good group, so had a lot of fun there. Played some Unpub. Not so good at Unpub, I don't think. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> but again, that's from a friend of the podcast, Dove Lewandowski, and uh, J.R. Honeycutt, both friends of the podcast. So got to play that. My copy is sitting around here. I, it got delivered right before Gen Con because uh, I supported that Kickstarter. So uh, it's kind of a, a neat little kind of party game. It's You got um, a bunch of things on a card. So it's like theme mechanic, blah, 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 you know, so there's like three or four things on the card. Uh, when you're judging, you pick one thing on the card and say that you you want to be pitched a game of, that has this in it. So, you know, it could be like, oh, it's sharks. You know, I need to hear uh, all your ideas for games on sharks. So then you take your cards and you pick the cards that you have in your own hand and pick the other two things that are going to be part of that game. You have to give the game a, a title uh, and then you have to pitch it. Like, here's the game, and this is why it has darts and, you know, whatever in it. So it's kind of a cute little game. did a prototype for a party game. I don't know what it was called, uh, too. I played that uh, around the same time I played Unpub. Played, and that, that was pretty cool. I told him if he needed some uh, extra play testing because he's still working out. It's from uh, Joey Vigor, which Chaosmos. Uh, so I told him if he needed some extra play test uh, people that we had a good group for it because it's in in kind of in that Cards Against Humanity unpub kind of vein. So I said we could definitely probably get that to the table a few times. Played One Night in Revolution a few times. That was interesting. That was a pretty decent game, too. It plays quick, which is kind of, well, plays quick unless people want to argue all night. But it, it's... Well, it is a revolution. All right, but it's, it's that. It's kind of like coup and all that stuff, but it's nobody gets eliminated. It's basically like that one night. So it's that whole one night thing where you go through all everything you're supposed to do 
and then you decide, you know, everybody decides who's the traitor. What I can't remember what the, uh, the term was or whatever. And then, uh, you find out if the traders won or if you won kind of thing. So I, I, I do like that. It was, it was quick and it was all contained to one session and nobody had to sit off to the side and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Ram, died. go sit in shade. <laughs> well, that's one of my biggest problems with werewolf. All right, everybody, you sit around here. I'm going to, and if you're new, I'm going to explain the rules and blah, 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 blah. Okay. We're going to start. You're dead. Thank you. Now you guys kill somebody. <laughs> All right. You two are dead. You just go start your two player game over exactly. there. You'll have somebody in five minutes. Okay. Uh, rampaging Jotun. Jotun. I don't know how to say it. Jotun. Jotun. There you go. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was something that somebody invited me to go check out. And I sat down and played and it was kind of cool because you're building up. It's, it's basically you against your opponents. They have armies and villages and you have your armies and villages and you don't want your villages to get destroyed. So you can take your armies to try to go and attack the other armies and the villages, but everybody also moves the giant and some of your cards are move your army, move the giant. So you're manipulating where the giant goes and where you go and all that kind of stuff to try to wipe out all your opponents. Uh, so that was, a, that was a fun little game. I had fun with that one. And the artwork on it was awesome. Um, let's see. I played Giant Size Rhino Hero, which is one of the Haba games. I did that in one of the events I, I attended. I got asked to come up top. And so it's a Haba game. It's a kid's game about, you know, stacking and not having things tip over and all that stuff and adding rhinos at certain levels when you're required to and stuff like that. It's a, it's a cute, uh, dexterity game, but we had a giant size version of it that they had with real rhinos. <laughs> real rhinos. That was the tricky part. <laughs> That's when it got real. <laughs> Get up there. And then, uh, at one of the games I played at the Haba booth was monster laundry, which was kind of interesting. It's basically you take like this big spandex thing around you, uh, around everybody at the table and you get like these clothes pins and you have to put certain, there's like colors and shapes. So you gotta, you start off trying to put certain ones on, on, the, on your sides. Um, and the first person to do that, then there's a reverse. It was, it was, it was a hectic thing. It was kind of fun. It was, I played with, uh, uh, one of the people from Haba and uh, a kid and a, a parent, and it was a lot of fun. Like so I, I enjoy Haba stuff for what they do because they make some really cool kids games that adults can get behind. It's not like oh my god, play Monopoly again. It's my my kid. I don't know. Are you my kid? <laughs> uh, and one of the things I liked is they have uh, Gulo Gulo. They have Pharaoh, the Pharaoh version of Gulo Gulo. They got the license for it and made a new version of it. I love Gulo Gulo. My son absolutely loved that game. I don't have my version anymore. My son has it. And so when I saw that, like I didn't buy it, but I, I so wanted to. So I might still get that at some point because it's just a fun little game to play. All right. Uh, Taxi Wildlife. That was another one from the Haba Haba, uh, from the Haba spot. Thieves is a new one kind of coming out from Calliope Games. So I sat in and played on that. You're basically trying to be the last person to have a, a nice heist. You're trying to rob things, but the cops are after you. So it's kind of a little bit of push your luck, a little bit of uh, kind of screw other people over. Because whenever the cops do a raid, whoever has the most loot in front of them gets their loot wiped out and they got to start over. So by the end of the game, when the game ends, it's got a 
I forget what the card is that comes out, but a timer track, basically, when that card comes out. As soon as seven of them, I think, come out, the game ends. Whoever's got the most loot and points wins. So it's one of those things like, all right, I know I know enough cops are coming out for a raid, so maybe you get some of the higher point stuff so that when the raid happens, you get wiped out and I still get to keep my little pile kind of thing. So it was a fun little game to play. I had a lot of fun with that one. Chohan Sorcery I played as well, and that's actually on Kickstarter right now, and I think doing pretty good. Uh, and that was a, that was actually a fun game for what little bit there was to it. it it's a more casual game. Um, and it's basically like dice and cards and you're basically trying to kill off the other sorcerers or whatever around the table. So you pick it, you pick a person you're going to go after and you basically say, uh, if you're roll, going to roll even or odd on two, two sixes, two six sided dice. If you, the attack goes, um, they take, I think if it's successful, they take the highest number of the two. Uh, and you can play, you or anybody around the table can play cards to affect it, make it higher, make it a certain, make it like, okay, this is fire, you know, this is void, uh, damage or whatever. Uh, but then there are also like resist cards. So the person that you attacked could potentially go, that's void damage, but I have a resist void if they do it fast enough before somebody else makes right. a fire. So it's, it's this kind of real time thing. And you're just trying to whittle everybody down, I think, from 20. And it's, and it was surprisingly a lot of fun. Like, we were actually, like, yelling and screaming. Like, people were, like, looking over at our table because they're like, ah! That is actually on Kickstarter right now. It's it's a pretty deep, pretty cool little game. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad they invited me to play that one. The Guardians Explore. You may have seen me talk about this one on uh, Twitter specifically. Uh, but that is an amazing game that I can't wait to see when it finally hits Kickstarter. I think he's thinking about September, September, October timeframe. This is somebody I had a lot of conversations with it at, uh, Gen Con because he had a Kickstarter it failed, but it was very close. Uh, so we talked about what could potentially be different, lined him up with a bunch of reviewers. That is an awesome game. And this is this cool little game. It's, it's, uh, mostly co-op. <laughs> so it's, it's kids basically playing in the neighborhood when monsters attack. And now the kids have to defeat the monsters. Attack the block. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool little game. It's, the artwork is amazing. Uh, the gameplay backs up the artwork and everything. So, um, I'm really going to be, I would be very surprised if that one doesn't find the second time around because the first time, he did basically no marketing. Uh, was looking for like twenty thousand dollars. Made eleven thousand with no marketing, and like launched it in December. Moved in the middle of the campaign. I mean, everything you could like possibly not do to hinder your campaign, uh, and he still kind of ra- raised eleven thousand that way. So again, we set him up, and I think he's got a solid plan in place, and that should fund because it is an absolutely beautiful game. Then the last thing, uh, there will be a video soon for Batman Flux. <laughs> Megan and I recorded a video for that uh, last night. Looney Lab sent us uh, couple, uh, three Flux-related items, and they asked for us to review them separately. Uh, and Megan was absolutely okay with that because she actually loves Flux. We had, we've uh, played Flux. That was one of the first games I ever in- introduced her to, and one of the first games that I'm aware of that she actually started teaching other people. So... Uh, the Batman Flux is pretty cool because it's the animated series art. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Uh, but that video will be out soon. So that's what I played. So with that, and with eight minutes on the clock on our Mixler, 
that will be the end of this episode. <laughs> so if you were listening along on Mixler, thanks a lot. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. I know some people had to take off. Uh, we had some listeners. If you're out there in the uh, webosphere, because it seems like the stats I get back are higher than the people in the chat, always re- remember, if you actually sign up over on Mixler, you can hang out with us in the chat on the Mixler site. But if you still don't want to and you're just kind of listening either off of our website or not signed up on the Mixler page itself, that's cool as well. Thank you for hanging out with us and listening. And uh, with that, I think we'll wrap up. So I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find the Gaming Careers Podcast, the resource for people looking to find their fit in the gaming industry. You will hear game industry professionals talk about how they succeed in today's competitive environment and how you can do the same. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Spain.